Okay, cool. How do I become who Jesus wants me to be? That's our question today. So, a concept, an idea I want to talk to you about. Um, wait, before I, before I get any further, I sometimes use big words. And sometimes uh, people don't always know what those words mean. And so, that is my fault and not your fault. So, what I need you to do is if you hear me say a big word that you don't know, you raise your hand and say, I don't know that word. Because chances are, other people don't know what that word means. I think I you did. You did learn all the big words because you were in first service. So that's good. So I want, that's not just today, but in general, if I, if I ever say a word and you're like, I don't know what that means, you should raise your hand and be like, hey, I don't know what that means. Uh, okay, cool. So uh, an idea. The more that you live with someone, the more you become like them. Okay, so... What do any of you do that is similar to what your parents do, Cora? You forgot last time too. I that's maybe that's it. That, maybe that's, that might actually be something. Well, there we go. They both do. That's good. Elliot. <laughs> and that makes you. That makes you like. Is it nobody? They're not here. Don't worry. My dad and mom. Like both of them. Okay, so you're a little bossy, and it makes it makes you a little like both of them. Okay. Your parents. You like playing with your parents. I play with them and they play with me. So I like playing with them and I don't think they like playing. Oh, that's interesting. How do you like them? That is like a little bit. Oh, okay. Oh, that's good. Okay, so you like playing. Okay, well, sure. Uh, Cora. That's good. Okay, so you play We Like Your Dad. Okay, cool. Oh, that's funny. That's cool. So your daughter's handwriting looks like your mom's handwriting? That's good. Full logic. My uh, my brother's handwriting is like my dad's. My handwriting is not like anybody's. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cora, you got something else? Okay. Okay, so like, like computer coding is like very interesting to you, right? There are not many people that computer coding is interesting to, but you happen to be one of those people, and that makes you like your dad. Okay, other ways that you're like your parents. Dylan, Dylan. I overdress when I don't have to, for example. Yeah, you, I see that. I underdress well when I should be dressing nice. Oh, okay. And that's a pattern that both of your parents exhibit. Okay, all right, that's good. Uh, Elliot. Um, I like taking notes. My dad takes too many notes. I like taking notes. You like taking notes. Okay. You both like. Okay. All right. So you're like your dad, and that you like. You were talking very freely about your, um, your. 
poopsie slime and uh, the other varieties of it that you have. And I thought that made you a little bit like your dad, like just your 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 transparency in talking about yeah. poop. It's like you're like your dad, like that. That's good. That's good. Okay, cool. He does talk about poop a lot. Okay, good. Cora. Like your mom does sometimes. Okay, cool. Okay, so like we have all of these ways that we're like our parents. So um, in some ways, the more time we spend with our parents, we reflect them. Meaning like when people see us, they see something of our parents in us. Now you may not want to believe, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk for a little bit now. Um, so you may not want to uh, believe that you're going to be something like your parents. Uh, but Miss Renee and I will both tell you that uh, once you grow up, you realize that you are more like your parents than you ever planned on being uh, because you spent so much time with them. You lived with them for so long. And so I want to talk about this idea that the more I'm connected to someone, the more I become like them. The more I connected to someone, the more I become like them. So you can write that on your note sheet. And then there's, a, there's one right there really close to you. There you go. The more I'm connected to someone, the more I become like them. Um, in what? Right there. The, in intro. Yeah, it's intro. The more I'm connected to someone, the more I become like them. So, like, we were all built to reflect God, to remind others of God, to in some way, when people looked at us, so just like when people look at me and maybe think of my dad, um, when people look at us, they were supposed to look at us, and when others look at us, they're supposed to be able to remember God, to think of God, because the Bible says that we were made in the image of God, but because of sin, we're broken, right? Um, so, and on top of that, the people that we spend a lot of time with are all also broken because of sin. So you have a lot of people spending a lot of time with other broken people, and the reality is, is that they um, they're, if everybody's connected to somebody broken, then they become more and more broken, right? So that's a problem because uh, we want to heal this brokenness, right? That's like, that's what we talk about. And that's what the Bible talks about is like, how do we, how do we get out of this brokenness? Or a, another way to phrase that is our actual question today. How do we become who Jesus wants us to be? Uh, so our first question or our first point in our notes that we're going to look over is this. We're going to ask this question, am I connected to Jesus? Who, okay, so we're going to turn to John chapter 15. I everybody to open up your Bibles or if you have something else, but that's, uh, get, get your Bibles out, turn there. I'll go get some for you. Remember those Bibles. Hey, those are good things to bring. I know it's here in this church somewhere, Dylan. I know it is because I saw it, and then it disappeared after that. But it's here somewhere. I got it from like a Christian bookstore that was closing, and they were selling everything. There we go. That is nice. Cool. All right. 
It is, it is around here somewhere. John 15. Everybody turn to John 15. That's where we were last week. So we're going through this, uh, this passage of Scripture where Jesus is talking to his disciples. This is right before he gets ready to go to the cross. It's not back here, Dylan. I thought it was, but it's not. Um, this is, found it. I guarantee you this is it. Yes. There you go. That's yours. Um, it's got your name in it. I promise. Okay, so this is right. Uh, Jesus is talking to his disciples right before he gets ready to go to the cross. And so he's having this conversation with them like he had. Uh, so last week we talked about, uh, I forget. Oh, we talked about Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? And how uh, God wants to be with us this week. We're reading about connection to Jesus. So uh, can somebody read verses 1 and 2 for me, please? Cora. Okay, so that it may bear more fruit. Okay, so Jesus is talking about himself as a vine. So I have a picture up here of a vine. I'd like everybody to look at this picture. This is a grapevine. When Jesus is talking about vines, no, it's not. So, okay, this is the ground. This is the roots, right? And then it comes up through the ground, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, this is the ground right here. So this is where it, like, comes up at. The branches, so this is a branch, and this is a branch. And uh, this, some vines, when they grow, they'll, they might grow up like along a fence or something like that, and you'll see different branches that come out along like this. Okay, so Jesus is using something called an illustration. Who knows what an illustration is? Okay, good. So we know, do we know? It's just like a picture. He's using words to paint a picture for his disciples to help them understand something. And so he talks about himself and he says, I am the vine. Uh, and he says, my father is the vine dresser. And then he talks about this thing called bearing fruit. So we're going to talk about bearing fruit first. So what, what is the fruit on this vine? Can somebody tell me, Eliette? Grapes. Okay, good. So the fruit on this vine is grapes. When Jesus talks about bearing fruit, though, and he's talking about us bearing fruit, right? Uh, so Jesus talks about bearing fruit. What does he mean by that? Um, any ideas what he might mean by that when he talks about us bearing fruit? Okay, not quite gathering fruit. No, it's okay. What, uh, what about you, Cora? The fruit of the Spirit. Okay, so that's like a really good example. Um, when we bear the fruit of the Spirit, it means that God is like growing these things in our life that are really good, like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. These are um, the fruit of the Spirit. Actually, when Jesus talks about bearing fruit, what he's talking about is he's talking about you becoming more like the kind of person that God wants you to be. So uh, what kind of people does God want us to be? What, what sorts of things would we do if we were becoming the kind of people that God wants us to be? What things would we not do 
what things would we do? Yeah. Cool. Okay, we would stop lying. Okay, that's good. Elliot. Oh, yeah. We, th yes, we would not murder people. That is correct. If we're becoming the kind of people that God wants us to be. Actually, Jesus said something interesting. He said, uh, every time that you have anger in your heart towards your brother, you are murdering him. You commit the act of murder in your heart. So that's not just the outside action of uh, of murder, right? But uh, the more when we become the kind of people that God wants us to be, it means that actually inside our heart, we're going to start loving people a lot more too. Okay, who else? Any other, what sorts of things will we do? Becoming the kind of people that God wants us to be. Dylan, I, I want to hear from you. What uh, what sorts of things? John, John chapter 15. But this isn't, this isn't in the passage. This is just more like things we know. What does God want us to do? What does, who does he want us to be? So if we're becoming, what was that? Okay, yeah, so if we're becoming more like the people God wants us to be, we're going to start telling other people about Jesus. That is an amazing way that we can bear fruit, is that we tell people about Jesus. Yeah, Cora. Okay, we respect authorities. That's really, really good. These are, all of these ways are ways that we become the kind of people that God wants us to be. And so, so uh, we get to bear fruit, right? These are the grapes on the vine, and Jesus is saying, it's good that the branches on the vine, that they bear fruit, that they have grapes on them. That's important. So then he says this word prunes. He says, every branch that, he, that does bear fruit, he prunes. So who knows what pruning is? Not Cora, because she was here for service. Elliot. You know this because your mom owns the flower shop. Though this is good. Yes. Okay. Yes, okay. That's good. That's good. Okay, so uh, Dylan, what is it? Tell me, dude. Uh, we were actually just pruning our trees yesterday. Perfect. Okay. Like trimming, yes. Okay, so uh, so you get um, pieces that grow off of these the branch, these shoots. And this is what the, the fruit grows on, right? Well, you actually have to prune those shoots to make room for more fruit because once the shoots are used up, you have to, you have to get rid of them. You have to trim them, right, to, to create room for more fruit. So Jesus is saying the vine dresser, he says, my father, who is the vine dresser, he, for every branch that bears fruit, he actually has to work hard to get rid of some stuff to make room for more fruit. Okay. Verses three through five. Who can read those for us? Elliot.
Okay, very good. Um, all right, this word clean, we got to talk about it first. So the Bible uh, that we have, our English Bible, is a translation of a different language called Greek. Uh, so this was originally written in Greek. And sometimes when people translate, they will use different words for different things. But this word clean is the same word as what word, Cora? Because you know from first service as prune. It's the same word as the word prune. So uh, when we read the word prune in the verse right before, he says, already you are clean. He's actually saying, already you are pruned. Jesus is saying that, that some pruning is happening in you because of what? Can somebody read the, uh, the next part? Because of what? Elliot. Nope. And verse 3, already you are clean or you are pruned because of? Verse 3, because of the word I have spoken to you. So apparently the words Jesus speaks, this is an important thing to write down, the words that Jesus speaks prune us. So when we are receptive to God's word, when we are receptive to what he has to say to us, this pruning process, this cleaning process takes place in our lives so that we are actually able to bear fruit. Interesting. Okay. Then uh, Jesus tells his disciples, he says, abide in me. Abide in me. Who knows what it means to abide besides Korah? So, yeah, so you're trying to get it from the context, right? It's hard to get from the context on this one. What does abide mean? So has anybody ever heard somebody say, welcome to my humble abode? What are they saying when they say that? They say, welcome to my humble abode. Yes, they're saying, welcome to my house. Okay, so when it says abide, abide and abode are like almost the same word, right? So when it says abide, it's like the place that you live. So abide, this is, this is a definition for abide that you can write down in your notes. Abide means to live in, so like you live in your house, um, to live in or to make a place your home. So to live in or to make a place your home. So Jesus is saying to his disciples, he says, abide in me. He says, live with me. That's essentially what he's saying, right? Make your home with me. Spend time with me. Okay, so I have a question for y'all. What makes you feel at home? Cora has good examples. Cora, go for it. Your what? I don't know what those are. Your stuffed animals. Okay, your stuffed animals make you feel at home, right? They provide you. Okay, so like they help you to feel comfortable, right? That's something that like when you, you see these stuffed animals and you like lay in your bed with your stuffed animals next to you, they give you a sense of comfort. Okay, so that's like one thing that we feel when we feel at home. What other sorts of things make us feel at home?
Uh, no, I have a different question. Like, how how do you know? Like, what about your home makes you go, ah, I'm finally home after you've been away for maybe a short period of time, Elliot? Yes. Okay, good. Sleeping in your own bed. So you something you're really familiar with, right? You sleep in another lousy bed and then you get to sleep in your own bed and it's like, oh, it's familiar, it's comfortable. Okay. So Go ahead. Finally like Oh, that's good. Okay. Okay, so something familiar, right? You spend a lot of time with things and they provide a level of comfort. Okay, Dylan, you had one. Familiar, familiar. Yeah, but like what sorts of things like make you feel at home? Cora, you got a couch? Okay, good. Yeah, these like all of these things in our house that like we have memories connected to them, right? We have... Uh, what was that? Paxton, yes, you have pets. If you have pets, they make you feel at home, right? Because they know you. They're excited to see you, right? Okay, good. So this is, this is what Jesus is saying. He's saying all of these feelings that you have where you're attached to home, where you have this familiarity and this comfort level. He's saying just like, just like the branch finds its home and is really familiar with the vine, he's saying, I want you to become really, really familiar and comfortable with me. I want you to make your home with me. I want you to be so connected to me that whenever you're not with me, you feel uncomfortable, that you, you feel out of place and you can't wait to get back home and just have that, that peace that home brings. Okay, so here's what happens when we are connected to Jesus the vine. It says in verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is, or it is he, that bears how much fruit? Well, much fruit, right? Bears much fruit. Bears a lot of fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So Jesus is talking about bearing fruit. And does he say, if you're going to bear fruit, I want you to just try really, really hard to do a bunch of things better. Is that what he says? Try really, really hard to do a bunch of things better. I want you, uh, uh, I want you to work, work so hard because uh, you, you are going to figure out how to make a lot of good things happen for yourself. Is that what he says? No, he doesn't say that. What he says is abide in me. That's what, that what's, that's what he wants. So we got the, the vine there, but the big idea, so the, our question is, how do we become the people God wants us to be? Or how do we bear fruit, right? Well, when I'm connected to Jesus, he grows fruit. So he doesn't say, hey, try harder. Do better. You're getting it wrong. You need to do better. No, he says, abide in me. Get connected to me. And the more time you're connected to someone, the more you become like them, the more you grow fruit. Okay. Now, this is important because Jesus is going to offer a warning in verse 6. Can somebody read verse 6 for me? Cora, go for it. Um, 
Okay, so whenever Jesus is talking about fire uh, in any of his illustrations or anything that he's using, he's talking about hell. Um, and so when he's talking about us as the branches, he's saying those branches that aren't bearing fruit, well, the reason they're not bearing fruit is because they're not connected to the vine. He's like, but the vine dresser is going to come around and he is going to take those branches and throw them into the fire because they're not becoming the kind of people that God wants them to be. Now, I have a question because I think we still have to clarify this. Is this, so, so do the branches get thrown, or how do the branches stay around? They stay around by bearing fruit. How do you bear fruit? Do you bear fruit by trying harder? No, you don't bear fruit by trying harder. This is not, so like the, the thought can be, okay, so like I might, there's, there's a danger, right? There's a danger that everybody who doesn't bear fruit could potentially end up in hell, right? That's what Jesus is talking about. But the, the, the safe part is this, is not like you don't say, oh no, that's scary. I better do better. I better try harder. I better get it all together. No, that's not what it's about. It's about being connected to Jesus. So it's not about trying harder or doing better. It's about being connected to Jesus. Now I tell you, trying harder and doing better are important. Like I don't want you, I don't want anybody in this room to think, okay, well I can just give up and I don't have to do anything, right? But when you're connected to Jesus, these things, these growing, these fruit, they naturally come out of your life. Now, the reality is the things that we do better and try harder, sometimes those actually help to connect us to Jesus more. And that's the next piece that we're going to talk about. Point two. It should be point two up on the screen, but that's okay. Point two in your notes. How do I get connected to Jesus? So verse seven, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. So he said, my words abide in you. So if you abide in me and my words abide in you. So part of being connected to Jesus, part of abiding in Jesus, means that you have God's words in your heart. So what are some ways that we get God's word in our heart? Cora. One way. Reading the Bible. Okay, that's one way we get God's word in our heart. What's another way we get God's word in our heart? Avery and Dylan. What's one way we get another way we get God's word in our heart? I haven't answered this question yet. I want you to answer the question. So like, how does God's word get into our heart? She said reading the Bible. How else does it get into our heart? Okay, trusting in Jesus. That's very, very good. Okay, so we uh, we place our trust in Jesus. Okay, how else does God's word get in our heart? We have we're asking a question. We're trying to figure out. So we ask the question: How do I get connected to Jesus? And one of the ways is that apparently, uh, if Jesus's words abide in us then uh, then we are more connected to Jesus. And so we're asking the question, how do we get God's word to abide in us? And Cora already said reading the Bible. What are some other ways that we get God's word to abide in us? Elliot. Okay, so we tell others. So did you guys know that the more you teach something to other people, the more that you remember it yourself? 
So that's something helpful. If we tell others about it, it'll abide in our hearts. What is another way that we, it can abide in our hearts? Elliot. Okay, so if we put Bible verses like up around our house to remind ourselves of God's word, that could be a very helpful thing. Yes, that's good. Okay, hide it in your heart. What, what, there's a place like that we go to every week um, that we like do this thing where we memorize stuff and hide God's word in our heart. And um, what, Avery, what are we talking about? Where I memorize the Bible every week, the same group of people. I know you know this. You have a small group. You talk about scripture. You memorize verses over and over and over again. Dylan, what am I talking about? Awana, yes, Awana. So that's another way that we hide God's word in our heart. That's how we get it to hide. Elliot, you got one more. Church. Church. Go to church. Absolutely. These are all ways that we get God's word to abide in our heart. These are so the more that we're receptive to what God has to say, the more as a word abides in our heart, the closer we will be connected to Jesus. Okay, the next one. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. And then he says this if you keep my commandments you will abide in my love. So apparently another way that we abide in or get connected to Jesus is that we abide in his love, um, or sorry, is that we keep his commandments. Okay, so keep his commandments, abide in his love. So um, I want to get really practical with you guys on this one. Um, I have a question. I want you to think, uh, just think, when you're spending time with a group of people, uh, that you would ask the Lord to see these, help you see these people like he sees them. Uh, to speak words that tell them the truth, uh, that show them that you love them. To, to give you the right things to say. So like uh, it says, just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. So Jesus was sent by the father. And everything that Jesus does, he does because the Father commanded him to do it. So he, he is abiding with the Father by obeying his commandments. Did you know that Jesus has actually sent us out into the world too? Like Jesus has given us a mission to live out as well. So every place that we go, every place we have interact, we have an opportunity to obey Jesus' commandments. And so what we can ask ourselves is, what has Jesus sent me here for? Like right now, in this very moment. That uh, at wherever I might be, why might Jesus have sent me to this place? So, uh, so let's talk about like right now, this very moment, today, this morning. Why, uh, why might Jesus have sent us here this morning? Elliot. Okay, to learn about Jesus. Okay, that's the hiding the word in, a, in our hearts thing, right? Uh, so we, we hear about Jesus, we learn about Jesus. Okay, so send us to church to, to get more in our head and our hearts about Jesus. Okay, what else? Why else might he have sent us here? To eat donuts. We don't have donuts, though, this morning. But there are a bunch of people who bring donuts out to the cafe, right? Um, and... Well, I mean, it's not to, I don't know if they brought them today. I'm sure they did. But, oh, okay, maybe not. 
And they bring other things to share with people, right? And that, but what that is, is everybody who brings that stuff, they're actually trying to love other people well by providing some, some food for them and, and caring for them and being hospitable, right? That's something that they're supposed to do. Okay, so they, uh, they are living their mission that Jesus has given them by uh, obeying the commandment to love other people. Okay, why else has Jesus sent us here this morning? Cora. To learn, okay, yeah. When we talked about that, to learn about Jesus. Why else do you come to church, though? Yeah. Did you come to church even if your parents didn't bring it? Because you love Jesus. That's good. Who else? Who else do you love? Do you love Elliot? Okay, that's good. Okay, so you have a sister in Christ, in Jesus, who you love. You have an opportunity now to love, love Jesus's people as well, right? So there are a whole host of reasons, and if we just ask ourselves the question, Dylan and Avery, I can see you're, you're playing footsie over here. Okay, sit up, sit up. All right. So, so uh, every, every situation that we're in, we can ask, why did you send me to this situation, Lord? What do you want me to do here? So that's something good to remember. And then just to finish up, it says, these things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. So Jesus is saying, I want you to be connected to me. I want you to be so close to me that when you're not with me, you feel like you're not at home. And he's like, you will, if you actually do this, he says, you're going to have a lot of joy. Now that's interesting because uh, in, uh, later on, we'll talk about this next week, but Jesus is going to talk about some really, really hard things that are going to happen to people who follow him. And so the fact that he says that your joy may be full is really, really important. He's saying no matter what happens to you, no matter what the circumstances of your life might be, the closer you are to me, the more connected you are to me, the more you find your home with me, is the more full your joy is going to be. Alex. Yes. This is my commandment. Yes, that's very, very good. Okay, so we have to like, if we have to ever wonder, what does Jesus want us to do? Like, it's all over this passage that we've been going through, but it's right here. So Jesus says, keep my commandments, and here's my commandment, that you love one. Greater love has no one than this that someone lay down his life for his friends. This is the kind of love that Jesus wants us to have for one another. That we die for our friends? That we would be willing. Metaphorically. Metaphorically, yeah. yeah. That we would like, so like when Jesus talks about dying, uh, and when the Bible talks about dying, sometimes what it talks about is that we'd be willing to set our own preferences aside, set aside our own wants for the sake of serving and loving. That's good. So that's the, that's the so what. And, uh, and we, that's demonstrated to us most clearly by Jesus because he was willing to lay down his life for us, right? 
so much that he would call us a friend. That's how much he wanted to be connected to us. That's how much he wanted to be our, to call us a friend is to, um, to give up his life for us. So I'm going to pray. And then uh, you have a few questions to work through. You probably won't get through all of them just because of where we are on time. But we've had some good discussion here already. So that's good. But let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I am uh, just really thankful for the way that you gave Jesus to to love us and to welcome us to himself and to help us be connected to him. And Lord, I, uh, I ask that you would just show each of us um, and give each of us a desire to want to be connected to Jesus more and more. Lord, that, uh, that we um, might get close to him. And then as that happens, that you would show us really clearly the fruit that you are bringing out of our lives as we become more like the people you want us to be. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Cool. You guys engaged really, really well with that. I appreciate it. No, well, I don't think Cora did.